All right, welcome to episode 70 of the At Bad Podcast presented by Warm Media, where we give you our thoughts on the latest Chicago baseball news as well as take a trip around the league. I am Saul Rodriguez, joined by my co-host Miles Porter, as well as my co-host Gabe Wilkins. Uh, you know, guys, the, these playoffs are getting crazy. So if you guys, how are you guys feeling? How's everything going? And, how I, you know, I'll tell you one thing. I feel left out as a Cubs fan. Miles has his Cubs hat on right now, but uh, other than that, uh, how are we feeling? How are you doing, Miles? Hey man, doing 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 good, man. It's uh, this has been crazy. This is this has been an interesting playoff. Just just overall, the twenty twenty three playoffs have been absolutely insane, and, and it's weird because we're not seeing the teams that we expected to win, or like we're expected to win on paper. They're not losing by a little bit. Some of these larger teams are getting their asses. And 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 so it's just it, you know it's interesting it just it just shows like you know with, with with baseball one of those sports where you can't really you can make it you can make a very educated guess but really mm-hmm. in, in baseball at the professional level anything anything can happen and and so that I think that is what's on full display here it's been fun man it's it's been really fun yeah I think and I talked to Gabe about it last week how like. You know, with this playoff format, there's been a lot of complaints, people saying this, this, and that, and, like, the layoff and all that. And then some some people have even gone as far as to say, like, this was maybe before before some of these epic games with Phillies and Braves, but uh, last week some people were saying it's boring, like, these playoffs, whatever, and I'm like, man, I, I don't care what the score is, at least, but maybe I'm just a freak like that where, like, with playoffs, like, it could be 14-0, and I, I still, I'm still i still enjoying it, so – um, yeah. regardless they've got it's gotten it's changed in, in, in the week I mean we've seen some crazy games with the Braves and Phillies so I don't think people can really say that now but Gabe how you doing man I'm doing excellent I, I can't say that I'm too surprised but I know if I was a yeah. betting man I'd have lost a lot of money on these division <laughs> series I tell you that much because outside of the Astros and twin series going exactly the way I expected it to I got thrown in for a loophole with a lot of them especially the, the series that I was looking forward to watching the most between Baltimore and Texas. I kind of could see Arizona doing what they did against LA, but to sweep them in the manner in which they did and get out in front early in all three of those games, Los Angeles looked a step old. And even though that was something that I could see, I still went with the Dodgers just based off experience. But what it goes to show you is you just get in, you have a chance to win. And I can understand why some Cub fans feel a little bit salty, especially seeing what, Arizona managed to do makes you wonder to yourself, well, what if we got in that dance? You know, because that's all you pretty much got to do these days. Yeah, exactly. And like, we'll, we'll, like I said, we're getting into it, but it's not really like I've no because I, I, I was like rooting for the like, and I told you this game, and I mean, I'm sure shit, I'm sure I'm sure Miles was wasn't rooting for the Brewers in that series against Diamondbacks, but I'm just like thinking to myself, like, I, I mean. I don't, I don't have any, cause my buddy was like, why are you rooting for the Diamondbacks? Like, you know, they basically, one of the main reasons why the Cubs are out. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, they, I, I, there's like nobody like unlikable on Diamondbacks. Like everyone's likable on that team. Like, and speaking of likable, we'll also talk about Orlando Arcia. <laughs> cause that, that needs to be talked about. A lot to say about that. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get into that, but. We'll start off with just a, a, uh, some minor news uh, on the north side and south side. Um, uh, the White Sox had some uh, coaching changes, uh, letting go of a few guys. So uh, I wanted to ask you, Gabe, what are your thoughts on that? I know um, on the north side there were also some some coaching changes, but 
I feel like a lot of these coaching changes, like I don't care how minuscule they are. I feel like they should be talked about more. And it, like I told you, like I was telling you before we got on here, the the White Sox ones, I think maybe it might have been a notification, but the Cubs uh, uh, coaching changes, like nobody's really talked about besides like maybe like an article I saw, but whatever. Uh, what are your thoughts overall, though, on, on the White Sox one? Can't say I'm shocked. I mean, anytime you mm-hmm. lose 101 games, you have to expect changes on the coaching front on top of the fact that the previous regime that had been here for the last two plus decades and Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams are no longer present. And we're officially in the Chris Getz era as far as the front office is concerned. So when I see a guy like the first base coach and Daryl Boston, who was a Kenny Williams guy, had been a part of this organization for over 10 plus years, was a former player alongside of Kenny with the White Sox and so forth being dismissed. I'm not surprised by that, nor am I really losing too much sleep over that because not only was he the first base coach, he was the outfield coach. And if you've known anything about the White Sox or watched them over the last few years, you know that they've not really had one of the best defensive regimes in all of baseball. And to see Jose Castro get dismissed after just a year, that one I did kind of find a little bit surprising considering that he came from the Atlanta Braves and we know how much the Braves have had success over the last several seasons but at the same time when you have a team that finished 25th in the majors and batting average with 238 and they were tied for 20th in home runs with only 171 as a team you kind of have to expect that I'm just interested to see how they feel that role because when I look at the White Sox over the last three years you're talking about bringing in the third, a third hitting coach in the last three years. You have Frank Minichino, Jose Castro. Who's next? That's the that's the million dollar question. So I'm I'm interested to see how that's gonna be resolved. Even though I know it's some White Sox fans that might have wanted to see a bigger move that Chris Getz made known when he first got the job wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, and I think you know. It, you might have mentioned the exact years, but I didn't catch it if you did. But the, the, the fact that, you know, Boston was there for 26 years is crazy uh, yeah. for how long he's been there. Um, and, you know, uh, Castro, um, you know, before this season was with the uh, Braves for that for a mm-hmm. while. So, yeah, uh, like I said, interesting to me, some of these moves um, on the north side as well. There were some coaching moves, as I mentioned uh, before we came on here. Uh, they let go of bullpen coach Chris Young. Um, I think I know I saw I, I wanted to d- double check because I know, yeah, as well as Craig Driver, um, uh, that was the game strategy coach. Um, sometimes another thing, too, that I've talked to, you know, some 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 of my buddies that are baseball fans, like I feel like also some sometimes these coaching changes are done um, kind of to kind of to give an excuse to not let go of the manager. So for example, we have a seat north side and south side. We have situations where people want uh Griffal gone. Some people on the north side they want David Ross gone. And I feel like sometimes they do these things just to kind of like say, hey, look, we made some coaching changes. If if you want to complain about the coaching staff or you want to complain about the manager, they made some changes. So I'll ask you Miles, since of course the Cubs made some minor, you know, minor changes there to the bullpen coach. Um and the, you know, like I said with Craig Driver. Do you see it like that, or do you see it still as there's still a possibility the Cubs part ways with David Ross, or do you think with Jed Hoyer's message uh, during his uh, press conference 
of like the trust that they have in him and, and Tom Rick, you know, Ricketts as well. Like, do you think that, that there's still a possibility or do you think that with their message, you know, he, he's basically uh, as good as here for next season? Yeah, I think, I think uh, David Ross isn't going anywhere. I think sort of his, his leadership and what he in bringing this team together the way he did this year, um, working with the lineups that he had, I, I, I truly thought that David Ross did a, a great job. He could have done better in certain aspects. And, and I've talked about this earlier in the year where I felt that uh, Christopher Morell should not have been benched as much as he should have been um, for someone who, who launches the ball the way that he does. It's, it's, a, it's one of those cases where he's still so young, you got to give him that bat. So you, 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 you have to. Um, and aside from those small things, I think, I think the Cubs do really trust David Ross. I think he has a good grasp on what he has going on with the players. And, and it could be one of those similar situations when you do look at a team like the Orioles and how Brandon Hyde has kind of stuck out to tough years with that ball club. I think that there is sort of a similar mentality with that. And they want David Ross to kind of be this guy for this, this Cubs team uh, as they develop. Um, and, and kind of being one of the main guys that these players look to for leadership. I don't, I don't see him going anywhere, but I, I, I'm hoping that there's some conversation in the offseason of things that he could have done better. I'm happy that there, that there have been some, you know, small changes around him. Um, I, I don't see David Ross going anywhere. And truthfully, at this point, I, I would prefer if he stuck around. I just think that we could be maybe create, you know, making the lineup a little bit better at times and not, sitting out guys who, who need to be in there. Yeah. I mean, I think with, with David Ross, I mean, he kind of proved that, you know, or I think that the Cubs proved as a whole, as a team that they could win under David Ross, obviously it didn't work out if we actually go into the postseason, but it's one of those things too, where like ultimately push comes to shove, you separate yourself from the season is like guy. I mean, he's, and I think, I mean, I've said this before as well, is that, man, I mean, you also are only working with the cards you're dealt. Like, you, you don't, he didn't have a whole lot. I mean, Gabe mentioned again, like, just the bullpen and, and you know, they were tired and, the, the, the you know, it wasn't David Ross's fault either that they didn't go out there and get any, bull, like, more bullpen arms uh, at the trade deadline. So, yeah, you can make, you can make a really good argument on a lot of the stuff that happened ultimately that doomed the Cubs had nothing to do with David Ross. I mean, not nothing, but mostly it didn't have anything to do with David Ross. And I agree with you on the, on the lineup things. I mean, it's one of those things too, also where it looks like they might maybe giving him another shot, like one more. Cause I believe that he does, I believe he has one more year on his deal. I could be wrong. Um, so uh, I think it's one of those things where they're going to let that play out. If something is going completely wrong, which I, which I, I don't assume something goes completely wrong next year in the sense of like, they fire him mid season or something, but I think that they think I think that they know that they should add, and if they do add, then everything's going to fall into place, and he'll be able to lead this team to you know postseason berth or something. So we'll we'll see what happens there. There's a lot, a, plenty of time to go in the off season for anything to happen. So um, definitely uh, something to keep an eye on. Uh, but we'll we'll transition now to the MLB postseason because of course that's what everyone's talking about right now. You know we're down to the final four teams, uh, which is now the Astros, the Rangers. Uh, the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. Uh, and man, you look at the NLCS, it's like the Diamondbacks and Phillies, just like we all predicted. Uh, <laughs> like it's, I mean, Philly, Phillies, you could have predicted, but like, man, 
Diamondbacks, that, that's insane. But we'll go down the we'll go down the line and we'll leave the best for last. And we already know the Phillies and Braves is has been was the best series, or at least you know had some of the most exciting. So uh, we'll start with uh, the Twins and the uh, Astros. Uh, of course, the A- Astros went into Minnesota, won three games out of four. Um, you know what? I will say Minnesota put up more of a fight than I expected. I, I did obviously hope it went to game five just to give it a little more, some excitement there. But, you know, those fans of Minnesota showed up. You got to give Minnesota a little bit of credit there. And and it was just the Astros is just too much, man. And I will, another thing, too, is that people have been talking about Jordan Alvarez and all this stuff. But, dude, you can make a solid argument. That the ALDS MVP is none other than Gabe Wilkins' former boy. Well, he couldn't be. He could still be your boy, uh, Jose Abreu. Oh Dude. yeah, he's my boy. I don't, I don't <laughs> players that won MVPs for the White Sox. Very few that's done that. No, still my guy. Exactly. Yeah, twenty twenty MVP Jose Abreu. Dude, he could have easily been that ALDS MVP. Gabe, what do you what do you think about that series? And also, what do you, what do you think about that that combo of of Alvarez and and uh, Abreu, who like those dudes had like damn near like five home runs in two days or something like it was insane. But what, what, what did you think about the series and just the way that obviously you being a Sox fan, seeing the twins a lot more, what did you think about the twins, um, you know, effort in that series and, and coming up short? Well, they did a hell of a job pitching kept them in the games for the most mm-hmm. part. They didn't back down. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Carlos Correa being a former Astro had some pride on the line. And probably let his teammates know how much it meant to him. And therefore, you saw them put up a fight. But at the end of the day, they got put in their place. Mm-hmm. And their fan base, while I respect their fan base and the support and the loyalty that they showed packing Target Field the way that they did, remember what they said when they beat Toronto after the wild card round. They said, we won Houston. Well... Coming from you somebody can. who's seen his team get their ass kicked by the Astros before, that. be careful <laughs> what you wish for. Be very yeah. careful what you wish for. And Jose Abreu, a guy that I have seen hit many home runs watching from afar when he's played at Target Field, did just that. Kind of reminded me of some old Jose Abreu moments when he was wearing the black and white for the White Sox. You know what I'm saying? So I was glad to see him get that moment. And I hope he continues on. And I was really happy for Jose. i tell you why. Because I know a lot of people in Houston. I've been watching the Astros very much over the last decade or so. Went to games and so forth for Minute Maid. I saw so many people in Houston when he got there and got off to a sluggish start. Complaining. Saying we should have never signed him. His power isn't there. Not knowing he was playing through injury. And ever since he went on the IL later in the year. He's really started to pick it up. So I'm proud of him in that regard, as well as Dusty Baker, a guy that was oftentimes questioned for putting Maldonado in games. You saw what he was able to do. Did a great job calling some games for his pitchers and putting together some incredible game plans. And Jordan Alvarez, what more can you say about the man? OPS over 2,000 going into game four of the series. You know, it's like he's playing in another century sometimes out there. And He's like an athletic version of David Ortiz, and we've been blessed to witness Dude. some incredible moments from him. And I think he's only going to continue on because the bigger the stage, the more he rises. And I'm going to tell you, if you're an L.A. Dodger fan, I know you got to be cringing <laughs> every time you see him up at the plate thinking, man, we could sure as hell use him right now. Oh, yeah. And and, and also, I mean, they put up his they put up his stats. And, and uh, let's see, I was looking at – I wanted to look it up right quick because – 
he has ridiculous numbers. He's got uh he hit he hits 328 in the ALDS uh with 20 hits, seven home runs, 17 RBIs, 16 runs. And that's just that's just in 16 career games in the ALDS. Yeah. Um, not to mention when we're talking about Abreu, this dude's also, I mean, I think I don't even know how much they really mentioned it in the telecast. There's a couple of games I wasn't watching with sound, but um they he or uh he's got 31 home runs against the twins in his career. That's what like, I'm saying. Like he he, he put it's him in a crazy. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, that, I was like, I, I remember I was like when I was watching that game, I was like, I, I I was kind of curious. I was like, okay, so he's facing the twins, he's smashing. He probably matched against him, you know, when he was in the White Sox uniform. Many times. And, I, and that was, I mean, whew, that was way more than I expected. But yeah, you're right. And, and the, the pitching, which I, I personally didn't expect the, the pitching to hold up as, as it did for the Astros. I thought the offense would actually come through a little more, and they just couldn't. Uh, Royce Lewis had had a couple home runs and and he was able to get them closer, but never, never enough. I mean, also, you know, it sucks that Byron Buxton couldn't, you know, really participate in the postseason. Um, obviously, they were able to win a series without him, but uh, he came in, you know, in this final game, they activate him kind of like, like a little bit of a Hail Mary. He hit in the bottom of the eighth uh, with the runner on and uh, couldn't couldn't come through. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's is very unfortunate because you really know the twins gave it all they had. Like, it's just, they, they really, they really could, they just couldn't get it through uh, this Astros pitching staff as well. And I, I was a little surprised that, that uh, Javier, you know, went out there and, and had a great game as much. I just thought that that was the game that the twins, you know um, you know, we're going to have a little more success offensively, but either way uh, they, they showed up because they've been there before. That's the thing too, is that no matter who you are, like, no matter who, who it is, like even Urquidy, who didn't have a great season, who, you know, overall, that dude went out there because he's done it before and he he shoved. So, Miles, what are your thoughts on, the, on, on this Astro series uh, that, of course, it was just, you know, a new series, but same story? Yeah, I mean, I think the experience just kind of came down to that. Not, you know, nothing that I can say that hasn't already been said. I think it just comes down to experience. I've been saying this about the Astros for a while been there done that and, and the yeah. twins who, who i think gave a valiant effort i think correa had some pretty great moments in this series um kind of like what you guys are saying you got you got players like you know Ronan alvarez and jose abreu really carrying carrying that offense and, and sparking guys around them along with great stars from justin verlander and i just you know i just think that i don't want to say that they're outmatched but i think this is just one of those things where the astros have just been there they know what they're doing in this, in this at this time of year and you know, we, we, we could look at the regular season to see how kind of, you know, it was kind of up and down in that in that race. At the end of the day, the Ashes in the playoffs is a very difficult team to beat. And the Twins gave it a very valiant effort. And I think, you know, Twins fans should feel good about that. Um, and even just taking one game from them. I, I mean, that people consider that division the weakest division in baseball that the Twins come out of. So I, I hope Twins fans hold their, hold their heads high. Um Astros are really good at baseball, man. This team, it doesn't matter who they throw out there. They are a dominant ball club. So I'm not I'm not too surprised, but um I think I think nonetheless Twins fans should definitely hold their head up, especially the players. And to add yeah. the mouse oh. point real quick on that, mm-hmm. I don't give a damn if you hate the Houston Astros or not. Right. This team has right. gone to seven straight ALCS. If you don't respect that, that level of consistency, I don't know what's your point of even watching sports is because I like to see teams that are dominant at the highest level and when guys raise the stakes and they've been able to do it no matter who 
they have inserted. We've seen guys that are no longer part of this team, such as George Springer, Carlos Correa, move other places. They just insert other guys in, insert Jordan, insert Jeremy Payne, and they just do the damn thing, man. You know, Gary Cole, yes, you know, no problem. Framber Valdez, he there, you know. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. Year in, year out, and that's yeah, that's the thing. And and I'll, okay, I'll be honest, I transitioned from being like a, a Astros hater, completely like wanting them to lose and. Oh, it is up and down though, because 2017, I was like, they're you know, I was like, oh, I want them to win, you know, this is different, you know, they hadn't been there in a while, blah blah blah. This, you know, they, they always they, do they, when you're the underdog, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, right. <laughs> so then, uh, and then once they once they got, you know, once the, the scandal came out and all that stuff, I was like, all right, well, now I don't want them to win. And then now that you know, now it's just I'm like that. I'm thinking the same thing as you is like, man, you just you can't hate this. This is just like they're just so good. Uh, they're the players are just so consistent. I mean, guys like Altuve, Bregman, they just get the job done. It's insane. So, like, all this talk of layoffs, this lay, layoffs, that the Astros, you could say all you want, they've been there, done that, but that never affects them. So, uh, that just goes to show. But Astros in the ALCS, like we've said for the last seven seasons, is just unbelievable. So, you know, gotta tip your cap to the to the twins for a little bit because hey, at the end of the day, they also went three and three in the postseason, uh, which is way more than the AL East can say. Because oh my goodness, oh oh oh, was it oh and seven? Yeah, right. I think it was oh and seven. Oh and eleven. Playoff. Oh oh wait, oh and eleven in the whole playoffs, all right? Well, yeah. Oh oh, they oh they they're they're they eleven went, game losing streak. Okay, oh and two. Yeah, they went 0-7 this year in the playoffs, yeah, but 0-11 11 11 if losing. you count the last couple of years <laughs> minus the Game 5 win that the Yankees had against the Guardians in the Division Series last year. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so that's whew, that's horrendous. So we'll, we'll use that as a transition to go to the Rangers and Orioles, who, man, I mean, going into it, and we talked about a game, and going into it, I thought it was going to be a better series than this, but, dude, I mean, the Rangers – their bats came alive in, in, in so many ways and their pitching staff continued to hold the hold, you know, the hold the Orioles there. Um, they had maybe a shaky game too, but in the sense of pitching, but overall they were able to hold that Orioles offense. And it's not even like, I didn't even feel that in this series because I feel like you could easily say like, Oh, they're the, you know, the young kids, they got a little bit overwhelmed. I don't even think that it's just straight up just outplayed. Like the pitching was, was, was really good. Um, they couldn't get the big hit, but they did have some big hits in the series. But they, other than that, they couldn't get the big hit to to you know get the Orioles a win. Uh, you know, game game one, uh, I thought was, you know, a, basically an example of how the season went for the Orioles of when they would lose and they would win the game. It would be by one run. It, it's, it was a lot of things like that. So, um, what what were your thoughts on this, Miles? This series that you know with the Rangers, I thought it was going to, I said it was the real big test because you look at the, the, the way the D the, or the wildcard series went, the Rays didn't show up like at all there with those errors and all that stuff, throwing the ball around. Uh, I thought the Orioles were going to come out, you know, guns blazing and they didn't do anything there uh, from that perspective. So what were your thoughts on, on the Rangers taking down the, uh, the Orioles? Hey, I, 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 I was just surprised everyone else, especially with the, with the Orioles coming into this playoffs, uh, series with so much momentum, so much momentum to finish off that season. Feeling good, feeling great. Welcome to Texas. Listen, I think <laughs> I think it's just I it's it's interesting because I I looked at that. That was a series that really fascinated me, and I still felt like 
there was some very solid leadership. I think one of the things that I'm seeing some people point at was what, you know, was it Gunnar Henderson who took second on what was supposed to be a hit and run and Aaron Hicks didn't swing? Or am I yeah, thinking of another yeah. player? Who's... Oh, yeah, that you talk about yeah. game one when he got caught stealing mm-hmm. in the bottom of the ninth, yeah. one-run game. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm seeing a lot, of, a lot of people pointing to that moment saying how that was kind of a turning point, but I don't know how much I agree with that in terms of where I think the Rangers just came out guns a-blazing. They just mm-hmm. came out ready. And, and, and it, the Orioles looked a little bit overwhelmed at, at certain moments in that uh, series. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think I think this is also another another example of what experience does. This this Orioles team is very very freaking young. They're extremely young, um, and this is the first time this team has won like this in some time now. A lot for a lot of these guys in this team. This is their first time in the playoffs, let alone a winning season uh, since they've you know been called up to the MLB, and so. I, I think I think the Rangers are playing with a pretty intense purpose at the moment. I think they are always showing glimpses of this during the season. And now to kind of see this ball club come together even more, especially during that, you know, that ALDS series. I, I, I can't be surprised by it, but I think I think the Orioles, is, I think they're just a young team. I, if, if I'm going into this offseason, there really isn't too much that I'm changing um, with this roster. Other than, you know, I, if, if, if I'm a manager looking at this ball club, I want my younger guys to go through this. I want them to experience this loss. It's shitty. It's awful. You got swept. Um, you lost two games at home, and then you got and then to finish it off in Texas. That's a horrible feeling. That's terrible. Um, I think the Orioles are going to regroup and come back next year. The Rangers are just playing with a different purpose right now. I think that they are built different at the moment. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, with the, with the Orioles – and I, I always with this series, I always thought it was going to be the bats like bats are going to like, you know, are the ones that are going right. to determine this this series winner. And, you know, it, and it showed in there and, and the Orioles pitching. I just I, I, obviously they needed a lot more pitching, but I, I did expect a little yeah. more regardless, because I think some of the, you know, some of the guys like Kramer, I mean, they got swing and miss stuff like, you know, I thought they'd be a little, you know, have a little more success. And they, they just they didn't have it, man. In this series, they didn't have it. So. Um, it is what it is, but Gabe, what are your thoughts overall on this series that, you know, we expected a lot more. I, I it could have easily, it could have easily been the best, a, the best LDS despite, you know, with the Phillies and Braves, but I think this could have easily gone five games and it it didn't, man. I had the Orioles winning in five games before this series started. Mm-hmm. I said that on my podcast, mm-hmm. the state of Gabe last week, which is available on Spotify for those that's interested and in listening. And I thought, they had the upper hand when it came to the pitching component. Even when it came to like being able to pull out tight games. I felt like Cal Bradish gave him a chance to win in game one. But for those that want to point to Gunnar Henderson getting caught stealing by Jonah Heim, is the turning point in the series? No, that wasn't the turning point in the series. No, go back to the uh, bottom of the eighth. When they had a man on third base with two outs, critical situation where they could have tied that game and they didn't execute and do it. That was a turning point in the series. Let's go back to when they got a 2-0 lead and Grayson Rodriguez, a tremendous young, talented pitcher, is going to make a name for himself over the next couple of years, doing some great things in Baltimore. He couldn't close out batters when he had two strikes in the count. That's what it came down to. 
if I was an Orioles fan, though, I would be disappointed because I feel like Brandon Hyde, as great as he has been all year and is more than likely going to win the AL Manager of the Year, he got out coached by Bruce Bochy. And while there's no shame in that, he needs to learn from that very quickly. I also need Mike Elias, who's the general manager, to make bold moves. Yes, this is a young team, and we always like to say that these teams are going to come back next year and they're going to be around. Well, guess what? You play in the American League East. Boston's coming. New York is coming. Toronto and Tampa Bay, they were in the playoffs as well. It's one of the very few divisions where you know all five teams every year are gunning for a playoff spot. You can't just depend on your youth movement. At some point, you're going to have to stop prospect hoarding, and you're going to have to trade some of these prospects to get top-tier talent. You need a veteran ace. Not only do you need a veteran ace, you need a, a bat in the middle of your lineup that opponents fear. And that's where it all came down to. I saw a team full of veterans in Texas that had been there and done that and said, you know what? We choked away the West Division. We're going to make these teams pay for it. And I saw a Baltimore team that was just happy to be there and was like, well, nobody believed in us. You know, wanted to play that underdog card. And as much as I'm all for playing the underdog card sometimes, when you win 101 games with the top seed in the American League, you can't do that. I know those guys are young and inexperienced, but I hope they learn from this experience. And I hope some of these guys understand that some of these guys they went to war with will no longer be in that locker room come next season. Yeah, 100%, man. And you you made a good point in saying, and you said this before, too, the fact that, like, you're going to have to stop hoarding these these uh, prospects. It it, it, work, it it works, even though we don't agree with, you know, with what John Angelo said about, like, how, you know, they're not going to be able to keep all these guys. And, you know, if you want to keep these guys, the prices of the oh, tickets Lord, and all this yeah. stuff. We don't, we don't agree with all that stuff, but if you want to, if you want to, you know, make that statement and then actually act on it, we'll make some deals and bring in some players. If you, if you so think that you won't be able to afford these young guys, which I agree with you anyways, Gabe, is the fact that you're going to have to, you know, make some deals if you want to get the guys you want, because e either way, like, unless you go out there and get a, a Blake Snell, which is, which is on the table for the Orioles, not that they're going to pay, not that they're going to pay over 200 mil. I highly doubt it, but who will see, obviously uh, Aaron Nola is also going to be out there. So, the, the opportunity's there, but if you want to go out there and trade a guy, they definitely have the guys to do it. Um, I also another thing too that didn't really it didn't really affect them as much as I thought it would is just that not having Felix Bautista in the playoffs. Um, you know, either way, you you got guys like Yanner Cano in there to like you know act as a closer or act as a big setup man and all that. So like he's just as good, but um, it didn't really come to affect them. They didn't have many leads anyway, so that's what was unfortunate on their side. But yeah, the Rangers just you know. They they really are like as Miles said, built different, and they're they're proving it to everyone that they deserve to be here, um, and to not only be here but to make a huge run, and they're doing it, man. Honestly, I don't see it's what it's one of those things where I don't see them being stopped, but now they're facing the Astros, and so now it's you know this is it, you know, like if you are if the Rangers are gonna be if the Rangers are gonna be uh you know a World Series contender, they're gonna have to take out the Astros, so. Um, if I'm a, uh, you know, an Ast or a Rangers fan, it probably wouldn't have it in any other way. Then you gotta, you know, to be the best, you gotta beat the best, and this is it. Um, but we'll get into that at the end to talk a little bit about Astros Rangers. But the other series, uh, that of course, um, uh, we haven't talked about yet is the Dodgers and Diamondbacks. Now, this series, um, I think we can all agree that we, as my, my as uh, Gabe said as well, that he was picked the Dodgers there. Um, I definitely picked the Dodgers as well, but. Um, definitely thought it would at least go like five games, if anything, if the Dodgers would have would have won or four games, you know, at the very least. But 
I mean, we talked about the Dodgers having some pitching issues going into the playoffs. Well, it, it reared its ugly head, like as bad as it can be. I mean, when you like, I was talking to some of my coworkers and talking about how, man, you go into a do or die game and on the mound is former White Sox great Lance Lynn. Just can't do it. You can't. And also not only that, but not only that, Miles, not only that game, but, the, but having, having a, no disrespect, because he's good. He's a good pitcher. But I'm just saying, as a kid, Bobby Miller, like I, I, I don't know how comfortable you would feel in a game two. He's got great stuff. I've seen it. I've seen him pitch great games in the regular season. But it's just one of those things where, I mean, if you had to choose, if you're a Dodger fan, you're obviously, uh, you'd rather have like a Walker Bueller out there, out there, obviously, but being injured, of course, missing the season, wasn't able to be there. But that's one of the things the Dodger fans were saying at the deadline was to add pitching, and they never did. Um. Besides, besides Lance Lynn, of course, but they just wanted they wanted more, which understandably so. Even though Lance Lynn pitched well for them down the stretch, ultimately in a do or die game against a team like the Diamondbacks, they were had just been hitting home runs oh. and and they haven't you know they haven't really been striking out at a high clip because you know they it just it didn't work out it didn't work out overall with the pitching staff. Miles, what did you think about this series? This is just one of those things where, um, and get first of all in game one, I mean that that ended quickly like I was hyped for that game and I was like Kershaw here we go like I guess the Diamondbacks six runs without an out Kershaw's out like that was as bad as it gets uh for for Kershaw in the playoffs and we've seen some pretty bad Kershaw performances in October that might be the the, the worst who knows but I have to look at the numbers um but in the next two games it was a little closer 4-2-4-2 four, two, four, two. um but yeah Diamondbacks Diamondbacks sweep what do you think about the series Miles oh wow the D-backs oh my gosh I, if I'm a Dodgers fan, I'm almost kind of bored at this point where it's like, okay, well, yeah, during the regular season, all right, yeah, we're going to win 90 plus games and make it to the playoffs just to get stomped out. And I just, I don't know. I'm curious at what point do the Dodgers look at Clayton Kershaw and not in a sense where we are taking him out of the rotation for the playoffs because that's not something you want to do. But at what point do the Dodgers kind of look at everything as a whole and think to themselves, okay, well, maybe maybe he, he we should start him game two or game three maybe he, maybe he's not our game one guy I, that's where that's where I'm curious I think it was great that David Roberts you know even doubled down on, on him starting that first game because as, as, as a manager you want to have the backs of all your players but you know and, and if there was a game four he was like hey yeah that's our guy for game four I just I just I just wonder I, I understand that this is someone who is a Hall of Famer by regular season stats obviously but the playoffs is what matters the most. And I, and I understand what Clayton Kershaw means to the Dodgers, to his teammates, to the fans, to the entire organization as a whole. I'm just curious, at what point do you think to yourself, okay, well, maybe maybe he shouldn't start game one. Maybe maybe we should start in game two or game three. That is where, that is where like, I, I almost don't feel bad for the Dodgers because for, for years now, it, it, we, are, we are doing the same thing over and over again. And in most cases, and I say most cases because – he has had a few starts where he's been very dominant in the playoffs, but if you look at everything as a whole, it's 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 pretty tough to look at. That's just you know that's just what I wonder. That's a very rough start to 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 a series, uh, eleven to two at, at home. Oh my god, <laughs> you do you talk about getting hit in the mouth as soon as you start? I don't, I don't know, man. And 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 kudos to the to the Diamondbacks. This, this team is hot right now. 
And, and I always love to talk about teams that are playing with a purpose. They're playing with a purpose. I, I, I don't think the Dodgers were resting on their morals, but simply they just didn't perform well. They did not hit well. You look at how Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts, what combined, they were like one for 19, and the one hit that they had combined was an infield single. Mm-hmm. Two guys who know how to grind out at-bats, two, two of the best hitters in baseball. Man, I just, uh, if I'm a Dodgers fan, I'm bored. The regular season isn't enough for me. Clayton Kershaw just having having a dominant regular season, whatever the case is, that's not enough for me. How are we preparing for the playoffs? What is the game plan? Don't just throw guys out there because you think it's going to be, you think everything is going to go well and then whatever. It hasn't been like that since they won the World Series in 2020. And so if I'm a Dodgers fan, I'm pissed off right now because because this is boring to me. This is boring. The regular season is fun, but like, it, you know, it doesn't translate to the postseason. We gotta, we gotta figure out a way to perform well in the postseason and 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 kind of bring that home. And I've made this point about the Dodgers before. They they are such a well constructed team, um, but but there's something about when they are in the playoffs, it just does not correlate very well. Um, so I I'm very proud of the, of the Diamondbacks, and um, you know you know I don't I don't know what the answer for the Dodgers are because it feels like. They have so much firepower at their disposal. It's an interesting, it's an interesting thing for me. And and I wonder, I wonder how they're gonna go about that going forward. Because if it ain't if it ain't working with certain things, you gotta figure out a way to switch it up. I don't care, I don't care if it's a Hall of Famer. You 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 gotta figure out a way to start off a series strong. But but I will I will say I'm not laughing at Lance Lynn, but like his reaction on the fourth home run he gave up that inning, <laughs> I like I felt bad for him, but I was laughing because I would have had that same reaction. And he and, he, and each swing he knew it was gone too. Yeah. The last one he just put his head he put his head down and was like, you know what, take me out. <laughs> so, you know I I like the Dodgers. This is this is why it's kind of frustrating to me. So, you know it's it's interesting baseball man. <laughs> Yep, and, and and that's the thing they had, you know, four home runs in an inning, uh, which is a postseason record. Um, yeah. and not and not only that, but the fact that Gabriel Moreno, uh, hit one foul, they were he rounded the bases, uh, they reviewed it, it was foul, and then he came back, strained it out, and hit a bomb to left center. That was hilarious because I was like, dude, they literally hit five home, like basically. I mean, it was foul, but almost five home runs. They rounded the bases five times in an in an inning. I mean that that's yeah. crazy, but that just it just goes to show like they literally like I saw some Dodger fans talking about it too is the fact that how uh, Lance Lynn is susceptible to the to the home run. They're playing in Arizona where the ball carries, um, and it it happened like they as they predicted. So yeah, it's it's rough. Why does it come in at two in a game where your back yeah. are against the wall? As soon that's as you give point. up two or three, I'm taking you out. <laughs> yeah, that's, hey, that's it. You know yeah. how many times we don't watch Dave Roberts? True not know how to manage starting pitching, let alone a bullpen. Like, it's nothing that shocks me when mm-hmm. it comes to the Los Angeles Dodgers at this point. The only thing that shocked me was the way in which the Diamondbacks whooped their ass, especially <laughs> coming into the series like that. Like, to get six runs and not get an out, like, that hurt me to see Clayton Kershaw like that. Because I know Clayton Kershaw has had his fair share of meltdowns in the playoffs. But I've never seen him come out at the top of the first and get shellacked the way that he did. And it was so bad that, like, that was a game I was 
up for. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stay up late night and watch this game. It was like, it was one of them games, like, you get off to such a bad start, you just want to leave <laughs> the TV. It just like, I started watching other stuff. And then, and then, and the thing that's bad about it is, I can only imagine what the players were going through after losing by nine runs. And then you have an off day that Sunday. Like we can't even go right back out and play these guys after that, because that's the type of game you don't want to be resting mm-hmm. and, and and sitting around like after getting whooped like that. And then they came out, right, and then they came out Monday, like Arizona punched them in the mouth. Back to back games in the first inning, in the first inning, and Mm -hmm. then with Lance, the craziest thing about the whole Gabby Moreno situation, it was like, well, okay, if I don't get it this time, I'm gonna make sure I don't miss again. And I and and it was sad for me to to see that not only because he's a former White Sox guy, but like I've been watching Lance Lynn all year, and that cutter that was his patented pitch, it does not cut anymore. And you know why Lance was getting lit up like that? Because he was leaving pitches up in a zone. And he's been doing that the whole year, even when he had great starts. That's why he's giving up home runs. And it's getting to the point where you got to ask yourself, what's the future of Lance Lynn moving forward in the league? Because when you start doing stuff like that, that's how you end up becoming a non-roster invitee in spring training. And nobody wants to go from where he's went from, from a World Series champ and an all-star in this league to a Cy Young candidate to being a non-roster invitee. No one wants that. And, and they didn't have enough pitching this season. And anytime your top two guys go one for 21, guys that are going to finish top five in NL MVP voting, like, man, it, they're going to have to inject some young blood and life into this ball club. Because Los Angeles, they looked old. They looked very old. And it really showed, and they missing guys like Corey Seager and Trey Turner, guys that even though they may haven't, or they didn't always win with those guys, they won with Seager. But, like, even though they didn't win big with Turner, those guys gave them enough life to where they could at least get to the LCS round. Now, I don't I don't know. They, they got to ask themselves what their future is as an organization going forward. They got pieces, but you got to start letting some of them young arms up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you meant you mentioned it with uh, with you know Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. Man, I, I don't know what it is about Mookie Betts and the postseason. Like he had one postseason with the Red Sox where he had an 871 OPS, um, and that was the 2018 when they won the World Series. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what it is with with Mookie Betts. It just it, it, it's he can't he it doesn't hit. He doesn't hit 710. He's got a career 710 uh, OPS in the postseason, um, and. Yeah, I mean that's that's basically. I mean, and even he said in the post game too is that he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything to help them win, um, and he's right about it. I mean, it, it is what it is, but it's one of those things where you really probably can't. You just can't explain it. And the thing is too is that when that happens, I think you also should give credit to the pitching staff or the, or the op- opposition. Right? Is that Absolutely. is like for all for all I know, it, it could have been a little bit more of the the pitching than it was the hitting, and they know. Like it's the thing, the Diamondbacks know the Dodgers, and I know that these two have played before in the NLDS, and the, and the Dodgers won. Um, but they know each other well enough to know the weaknesses, and it's one of those things where, and 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 you guys know more than I do, is that they always say, "Don't let this guy beat you, don't let this guy beat you." And certain guys in that lineup, and they didn't let Mookie Betts or Freddie Freeman beat them, and look what happened. So that you know, 
give credit to the Diamondbacks pitching staff that, you know, they had fought go game one. He did his job. Um, and then Zach Gallen was amazing again. And, in, in, you know, he was, he got in a little bit of trouble at the end, but he mostly did his job there and he just did some ace stuff there. And they, you know, they, they, they did what they had to do. So credit to the Diamondbacks. And as, as much as, you know, it's going to be tough for them in, in, in the NLCS against the Phillies, at the end of the day, man, they're there for a reason. They got what it takes. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Go ahead, Gabe. And I want to say something real quick to add to your point about that. You said the Diamondbacks know the Dodgers. Just like this next series we get into, that team knew that team. Mm-hmm. This is exactly why this division series format or this new division series format makes things so interesting. Because anytime you plan a division foe who knows your tendencies, those are always the toughest ones to win. At that point, it don't even matter who won the division in the regular season. We know you. Like Merrill Kelly historically has been horrible against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Pitched a gym in game one against the Dodgers. Like anything can happen this time of year. And that's why you're seeing so much chaos throughout the not only this postseason, but the last two postseasons since you bought this wild card round into play. Exactly. And then my fault. I said fought pitch game one. He pitched game game three. But yeah, like it, it, it's one of those things. Familiarity is everything. And I think that did show there. And and like I said before, I've I've said it before where you know, like when that when that I think it was might have been like 20, I think it might have been like 2018, I think it was when when JD Martinez was on. Was or was he was he already on the Red Sox? What yeah, year was he it? Was on a, yeah, he 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 was on the Red Sox, but he did play against the Dodgers in the LDS round with Arizona. Well, I think I might have been twenty maybe twenty seventeen then. Maybe it was the year yeah. before he went there. But that that series in particular, I mean, the, the Arizona Diamondbacks, they played a hell of a series. They just couldn't they couldn't beat them there. But that was another thing too that I'm just like, man, they have a shot. They they know this. They know they they know each other well and all that. So yeah, I think I think it does help a lot. And and, and when as you mentioned, Gabe familiarity played another role in, in probably the best series uh, of the wild of the uh, division series, even though it didn't go game. It's a game five as much as kind of, I, I was kind of hoping it would go game five. Uh, Cause I think the series kind of deserved it, but Phillies win three games to one over the Atlanta Braves. Um, yeah. I mean, se- second straight year, the Phillies take out the Braves. I mean, that is like, I, I the Braves got to feel some kind of way about the Phillies now. I mean, imagine being, a brave fan and, and getting taken out by your division foe who didn't even win the division two years in a row. And it's just, it's crazy. Not only that, but the way they went out too in, in, in the final game, um, you know, Nick Castellanos doing four home runs in the last two games. Um, he's the first player in, in postseason history to have multiple back-to-back multiple po- uh, home run games in a postseason. Dude. I mean, these guys came to play. Um, and of course, as I mentioned, or I alluded to earlier with Arcia, I mean, don't poke the bear. I, I don't want to hear this whole, nobody was supposed to hear that. Uh, the the and I understand the clubhouse is sacred. I get it. I understand that point. But, like, dude, if you know people are in the room, just don't say it. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and he said it, and he poked the bear at the end of the day, whether he wanted to or not. And Bryce Harper is just – is that dude? And it's Bryce Harper's Bryce Harper. You can't mess with that guy. He's yeah, he Bryce Harper's him in every sense of the word. And he showed up and yeah, it's just you can't you cannot deny the Phillies are a World Series favorite. Uh it's just I can't wait to see what they do against the Diamondbacks because 
I think the Diamondbacks are in for it. So we'll and we'll get into that matchup in a sec. But with the Phillies Braves, what do you think went wrong, Miles, with with the Braves? Because it's second year in a row where like the it just seems like the Phillies are able to outpitch them, out hit them. Uh, and even when you have a, a guy like Spencer Strider, you know, looking nasty, because he did look nasty yesterday, but he just left some pitches up and Castellanos took him deep. And, you know, it's just that, that type of thing where it's, it's, it's not even like, uh, that the Phillies are dominating. I mean, they, they had a 10 to two win in game three. Sure. But they, they, it's, it, it's, they're definitely, they definitely edged the, the Braves in a three, one series, I believe in the way that things went. It's not as, as separate as it looks, but great series overall. What did you think went wrong for the Braves though? Um, I, I think, I think you said it. I think they're, they're outpitched. Um, and I think the, the Phillies specifically had more timely hits for the most part. Um, and, and even kind of just moving guys over from base to base uh, uh, outside of Harper and Castellanos hitting the ball 300 miles out of citizen bank. Um, I think, I, I think there was a lot of timely hitting on the, on the Phillies, on the Phillies side. And, and with that, even last night specifically, I am seeing guys work the count uh, on Strider and, 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 Credit to Strider for throwing that many pitches for him to be kind of worked that much. He's still throwing a hundred plus in the last inning that he's pitching. He's still bringing it and challenging these guys. Hit it if you can. And once they started catching it, then I was like, okay, cool. There, there you. I, if if I'm a, if I'm a Braves fan, I'd much rather see Strider going at these guys than dancing around. So I think I think that was you know to to the to the Phillies credit. Also to the to the credit of, of Strider and, and kind of just you know the, the bear was poked man and and I think I think that was that was a very electric ending uh, in in Atlanta. Um, listen, listen, bro. I mean, we play ball. It, talking crap, it happens, man. And and yes, the locker room is is a sacred is a sacred place. These guys are are on a different platform, so you do kind of have to read the room a little bit before what comes out of your mouth. Um, we're we're we're, see, we're seeing the Phillies talk their crap right now, and and whatever the case is, um, bro. I, I I mean, look, bro. It's it is it is what it is. It got out, and Bryce Harper is that dude. He is that dude, and and unfortunately, whether the Phillies were supposed to hear that or not. The Braves kind of paid the price about on that, and and Arcia. Not only did he kind of get it from Harper, he's getting it from the fans, and and and, that, and <laughs> before the game, during his at bats, I saw a video on Instagram of, of, yep. of him looking at the crowds and and telling them to shut up, and Acuna being the team, and be like, no, no <laughs> ignore them. Yeah, you. <laughs> He was looking at me, he was saying, Gaiate! And yeah. Acuna be like, no, 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 no. Listen, listen watch the game. Oh, That's man. unfortunate because at the end of the day, when you look at art, when you think of someone like Arcia and, and what came out, every player is doing that. Every single player is doing that. This got out. It was about a very, very specific, unique player in the league who took it personally. And 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 here we are. So I honestly and that was a very fun series. That was a very entertaining series to watch. Uh, but man, that sucks for a Braves fan. And, 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 and I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say, but it's it's unfortunate for Atlanta. But um, they they have a lot to look forward to in the future. A lot of these young guys are locked up 
for for years to come. And uh, I mean, I mean, you can move things around. You can add a little bit. Make sure your pitching staff is healthy. Um, I think the Braves are going to be okay. Um, I don't I don't see the Phillies outlasting the Braves in the long run. Right now, this is unfortunate for the Braves. Um, but the Phillies, they, the Phillies just came out like, hey man, enjoy vacation for the second year in a row. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, and, and, you know, I will say this, too, on Arcia. I feel ze- I feel zero sympathy towards that man because that dude's been talking smack for years with, like, a yeah, 650 yeah. OPS half the time. So I'm like, dude, look, hey, if you can, if you can talk shit and you, and you have, like, and you're a beast, like, you, you know, you're, you're hitting and you're doing your job, that's one thing, right? But if you're going to talk smack and you can't put up numbers, like, and, and, and then you can't take the, the, you can't take the fans saying stuff to you, like what in the Niger Morgan? Sorry, go ahead. So, <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's all. That's all I had to say is like, man, if you can't if you can't take it, then you're you're in the wrong profession. Because, dude, like, and you're in Philadelphia. Like, what what do you possibly expect? The most um, obnoxious sports fan. Yeah, exactly. We're screaming before, you know, before I like, can't right stand Philadelphia yeah. sports fans. They're and, screaming and, at exactly. So that's how I'm like, man. If 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 you knew if you knew what you did, where you were. You might as well not even stand the top step. It's just if you can't take it. So yeah, and you're right with the with the Phillies. I mean, they they did their job, and the Braves have just got to be sick to their stomach being eliminated two years in a row like this. So, uh, Gabe, what what are your thoughts on this series and the way it unfolded? It's series like this that make me wish the division series was a best of seven format as opposed to a best of five. I feel as though we got the NLCS around too early for the second year in a row. These two teams have been the best two teams in the National League, in my opinion, the last two years. I think the reason why the Braves got sent home was simple. The offense that we come to know and love throughout the season that always struck teams early in games didn't do that. Put a lot of pressure on the start and rotation. For the most part, though, I give kudos to the Braves starters. They kept them in the majority of these games. But the offense didn't show up. The heavy hitters, the Matt Olsons of the world, or even the Ronald Acuna's who put up a great A-B and sent the blast into left center in the gap. But it was just well played by Rojas. You know, it just wasn't enough. Like, too many times, like Mal said, the Phillies got the timely hits, and that's why they won this series. And one thing I have to give the Phillies a lot of credit on is that those guys find a way to play together. Whether they're down in a game or up big in a game, them guys play for one another. And that's what playoff baseball and baseball is all about, in my opinion. And when they saw Bryce get attacked the way he did by Arcia, they rallied behind him. And you should have known when they came up in there with the Colorado gear on that it was personal. They didn't have to say it. You know, they let you know indirectly. And I'm all for talking shit. I'm a very highly competitive person. I feed off of shit talking. But when you do that in the locker room, you kind of got to be careful who mm-hmm. around when you're a player. Mm-hmm. Because you always got loud hot mics and stuff and reporters around. You know, you don't never want the reporters to hear it. But if the reporter hear it, you can't run away from it. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Orlando Arcia and Bryce want to look at me, I just got to be like, hey, man, you got it. 
it don't mean I'm not going to keep coming, but you got it. You know, like the, when he hit the two home runs and he stared down, hey, you got it, bro. It's you. This is what baseball is all about. As far as the fans want to attack him, I mean, you got to take it. You know, it, it's already public information at this point, but they got, they got, they got beat. And, and it's unfortunate because this is a Braves team that all year long has been great. And yeah, they are going to be around Miles. They're going to have a great future, but man, you, you hate to, to lose to division foe like that back-to-back years, especially yeah. during a season in which you had so many spectacular moments. Like, it's going to be hard for me to look back at the 2023 Atlanta Braves season and tell people, like, that team got knocked out in the LDS round. But due to the new format of the division series, where you have these division matchups that didn't used to happen, you know, like, because back in the day, that wouldn't have happened. Like, Phillies would have played the Diamondbacks in the LDS. But now, anything is fair game. These division titles don't mean anything. Just get in, and you have a chance to win. It's that simple. Yep, and, and, and I was telling, I, I I definitely don't wish don't wish uh don't wish this on the Braves or anything like that because I, I honestly have no dis no dislike. I mean, RC I talk smack about RC, but that's because he's RC. But uh, the Braves I have no ill will against the Braves whatsoever. But I will say this that I, I said I said I tweeted it out. I said they ran out of gas because they they used all their gas against the Cubs. <laughs> Am I right, Miles? They went too hard against the Cubs. They went. (laughs) (laughs) These dudes went so hard against the Cubs. I get you were trying to play for uh for uh you know home home field number one, but it's like, bro, you you, brave you brave you guys whatever. Look, you you played too hard against. But anyways, uh no, I was gonna say say drop it on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) They knew they were gonna happen. Say say it knew this was gonna happen. So I say you know that's. Why I did that, but nah. Yeah. Uh, what I was gonna say was, I was like, man, can you imagine if this is another, uh, if this is another, like, you know, they won, they win a World Series and they go on a stretch of fifteen, and uh, of not, you know, of of not winning a World Series, just getting to the postseason, because that's what happened, you know, in in in, in you know early early two thousands, right, where they won in, in, in the nineties as well. They won ninety five, the World Series title. And they went on to go to the postseason for like 15 years in a row or something like that, right? Or Don't win hurt division. my heart like that, Saul. Those are the Braves teams I fell in love with. You know, I I was I became a a, a Brave fan privately, even though the White Sox are my main team because they used yeah. to be on TBS all the time. So I grew up on Glavin Smokes, Maddox mm-hmm. Jones, and them boys, man. Like that used that used to hurt, even though yeah. I was a, a big time Yankee fan too. Like I'm a lover of baseball. Like I I never could understand. How they won 14 straight mm-hmm. East crowns and only won one World Series. Just yep. one. That, that's always been baffling to me. Yeah, it, it does look like that. And the crazy part <laughs> is they won the World Series without Ronald Acuna. Yeah. It had Jock Peterson and Jorge Soler hold it down. Mm-hmm. Like, dude. I mean, that's it. That's almost like the, the Nationals winning without Bryce Harper. Like, it's. it's yep. It's just insane how things happen sometimes and like how, you know, you can make an argument, hey, they the, the players rally around the, not having their star or whatever. <laughs> there he is. They're yelling. <laughs> it's going to be – I'm going to be thinking about that till next year. It, it just how ma- – <laughs> that's when that's when uh, Acuna was like, yo, dude, chill out. Like, let's just watch the game. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But, no, yeah, that, that, was, that was crazy. But – 
Uh, and then moving on now to the uh, championship series, there's now there's four left. And, you know, as, as we you know mentioned before, um, it's all Texas in the AL. And then, of course, it's the Diamondbacks against the Phillies um, who are playing in the who are playing in the in the uh, postseason against each other for the first time ever. So that's pretty cool as well. Uh, we'll start there. We'll start with the Phillies and Diamondbacks. Um, these are two teams that a lot of people maybe maybe didn't expect them to be here. I mean, obviously, if, you, if you're a baseball head like us, not too surprised the Phillies are here, but they were facing the Braves, who, of course, are, you know, had one of the best offenses since, like, the 50s, dude. Like, they were amazing, and a lot of people expected them to, to be here. But this is still going to be a good series. I think that uh, people are going to underestimate the way the Dimebacks have played, and they're going to, you know, the Dimebacks are going to hold their own because their offense – has been clicking, man. Just like the Phillies offense, the Diamondbacks have been getting big hits when they need them. And guys like Etel Marte and, and, and you know, Gabriel Moreno, like, dude, they're, they're, they're playing with, with a certain kind of grit that I think that the, the, and the you know, them being on the national stage is going to garner them a lot more fans. And they're going to, people are going to see it. Not only that, but having a true ace like Zach Gallen also, um, and having guys like Merrill Kelly, I think they're going to be, they're going to make their presence known for sure. Uh, but what do you what do you think about this series, uh, uh, Gabe, and and who do you think comes out on top eventually on this one? Man, I gotta give a shout out to Cattell Marte because that was a guy I want the White Sox to target, and I thought he needed to get out of Arizona at one point just to really show the country what he's made of. But he's flourishing there. When I think of this series, I, I see a team that's experienced, been there, done that in the Phillies versus a, a young and up and coming Arizona squad that I think is a year ahead of schedule. And I think it's going to be a fun and entertaining series. But when it's all said and done, I think the Phillies just have too much. And I think the Phillies will win this in six games. I'm going to give Arizona two games because those guys don't back down. I hope Gabby Moreno is healthy. Mm -hmm. I know he had to lead a game because his hand swelled up on him mm -hmm. in game three the other night. Hopefully he's good to go. and they Because and, um, they're going to need his bat and they're going to need his presence behind that plate. And, and Merrill Kelly and those guys, they, they got some talent, but I think Philly just got too much pitching. And I think that offense is just going to prove to be too damn much for him. I mean, because if, if Zach Willard can continue to dominate like he's been doing his last two starts and Aaron Nola, um, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I mean, what do, Zach Wheeler had, what, like six Ks and two innings or something like that? Oh, yeah. my goodness. There's got to be – Zach Wheeler's another guy that I was talking to a buddy of mine. Like, dude, Zach Wheeler has got to be talked about more. I feel like he's underrated, like – I, I feel like he's not talked about enough. Like that dude could easily be the ace of any staff in the league. So, and he, I mean, yeah, he's going to definitely give Dimebacks, you know, a lot to, you know, take in there. Like it's going to be, it's going to be insane, but. He need to thank I, his wife too, man. Cause if it wasn't for his wife, he'd be a white sock. Oh, oh yeah. That's, that's what happened, right? Yeah. His wife wanted yeah. to stay on the East coast. Oh my God. Yeah, no, and I was thinking, you know, I was thinking about the white Sox when uh, also when Harper was saying how like he picked the, he's like, that's why I came to the Phillies because of the fans and all this craziness and all that. And I'm like, damn, like when I look, when I look at the Phillies, I'm not going to lie. I look at a team. I'm like a lot of those guys. I wanted in 2021. Yeah. I was like, yeah, look, we got to go get Castellanos. Like yeah. th that's the team as a fan. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of like, I like you guys. That should have been yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Ain't no, ain't no uh, uh, complete. I mean, Cubs fans are right there with you. I mean, Castellanos was a guy that, that, that fans, that fans begged them to re-sign, and they didn't. And it feels like the same thing with Bellinger. People are going to be begging them to re-sign Bellinger, and they're not going to do it. And so, yeah, I don't know. So it, let me tell you, man, yeah. let's not talk like that and let's just, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that, that's tough. Because I, I don't know. Yeah, he he let me know <laughs> a little bit too early. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> man. I'm just. I'm. I'm. Ho- I'm. Ho- I'm hopeful, but I have a low expectation. If we don't get Bellinger back. He sucks next year. I don't feel bad for the Cubs. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this also is like, if you don't get him, you know, then you better go out there and actually get a Pete Alonso or or you know a Juan Soto, whatever, mm-hmm. some something like that. But you know, conversation for a different day, I guess. But. Miles, what what do you think about the series? I, I agree with Gabe in the sense that the the you know the Phillies are going to win or the Diamondbacks will win a couple games because you know the, I think that Zach Allen will will have another masterpiece or something and and you know fallible pitch you know will hold hold his own because he's a really talented pitcher so um, I think they'll 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 hold their own in that sense. But what do you think about the series and and how do you think it ends? Um, I definitely got the Phillies going, but I think like Gabe said, I think I think the D backs are going to put up quite a fight. Um, I, I think Tommy Pham is kind of coming to his own. Christian Walker has been very fun to watch at the, at the plate. Um, Cattell Marte, you know, it's, just, it's great to see him on this level at this stage, showing everyone, hey, you know, I'm that dude. Um, I just I just look at I look at this Phillies ball club and I just feel like this team is so deep. Um, also, with them starting in Philadelphia, that's going to be really tough for the Diamondbacks. For the, the relationship between the Phillies and the Phillies fans right now, it's something I haven't really seen in, in some time. And like, I, I feel like I haven't seen something like, like this, unless it's like the Cubs convention or, or whatever. The, 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 there's a, there's a very big sense of community going on with this ball club. And I think they have so much, they have so much support for another from the fan base, from, from the management. I, I, I don't see a reason why the Phillies are not going to win this series. Um, you obviously got Bryce Harper being great. You got Castellanos hitting the ball well. Trey Turner coming into his own during this during this postseason. I just I just think that the Phillies have so much that they're playing for at the moment that there's no one who can stand in their way and deter them from feeling as good as they do. Um, so I, I if, if I was a betting man, I'd put my money on the Phillies. But then again, baseball is weird. The season has been very weird, so anything can happen. Um, I just, I just think the Phillies are hungry, man. They tasted that World Series last year. They're like, no, nah, we're going back, and there's no one that's going to stand in our way. We don't care who we play. We're going to handle our business, and we're going to have a trophy up in Philadelphia. Um, I, I got to go with the Phillies just based off of how well they're playing and the momentum that they have as as a whole. You, no one can no one can ruin this for them. No one. All you're gonna do is fuel it. Hundred percent. Yeah, and I think uh, what you mentioned, Trey Turner, that reminded me uh, what I was gonna say. What I was I was gonna bring this up earlier, but it's crazy what Trey Turner is doing in his uh, first postseason ever, right? <laughs> you guys saw that about what Bob Costa said. Oh my! Goodness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was like getting his first taste of the postseason. I will also say this too. Bob Casas is a living legend. I understand that, and he's Absolutely. had some great. He's got some great calls in the past, but I don't know, man. This, <laughs> the, 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 I'm thinking like these, uh, these like these like no commentator like crowd mics that they're been, yeah. they've been posting lately. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I'm, but I'm, hey, I'm hey, digging what, that. Is it a coincidence that that the two best one the, the two best clips are? Or, oh no, the the Bryson Stott one was in the wild card series, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. But no, yeah, that I was like, I was gonna be like, is it a coincidence that the two the two clips with no commentators is the one with Bob Costas? But no, it was just one of them. It was one of them. But yeah, I just I, it's one of those things. But commentators, I could have a whole, I could talk about for hours. Uh, you know, which commentators are horrible in this playoffs and all that. But that's you know neither neither here or there. But yeah, these you know 
that in a wild card series is going to be good, but I don't think it's going to touch how good this AL wild, this a, sorry, this AL uh, championship series uh, is going to be because man, an all Texas, everybody get your cowboy hats out. It's an all Texas ALCS uh, Rangers Astros. I mean, dude, it, I don't think it gets any better than this in the AL. Like these two teams were meant to show up against each other here and now, and it could go either way. Um, ultimately you can't bet against Houston. That's just the way I see it, but this could, uh, you know, I'm going to sit here and say it could go seven games, but I bet you it's probably going to go five or something just because baseball. Right. So, uh, miles, what do you think about this series? And, uh, are you ready to go to a rodeo Texas? Man, this is so fun. This is lit, bro. I, I, <laughs> this is, this is like if the Cubs and Sox played in the same division of the Yankees and Mets. Just yep. imagine that this is going to be fun. I, ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so. I think I'm still leaning towards the Astro based off of sheer experience, and uh, we, we we've seen the Astros in certain games sort of have their back on the walls. I I like how composed that they always remain. I think with, with with Dusty Baker managing as long as he has, as long as we've all been alive, honestly, mm-hmm. um, his experience mixed with like the veteran presence on this team. I, I don't know, man. But then, I, then again, I look at like Adolis Garcia, like Corey Seager, and, and Nathan Uvalde, and, and even with Max Scherzer's leadership, it's tough. I think I'm leaning towards the Astros. That's not saying I want them to win. I want to see the Rangers go to the World Series. I think the Astros. I'm kind of sick of seeing them um, <laughs> in a respectful way. Uh, but um, I, I'm leaning towards the Astros on this one. But I'm not saying that as like an absolute. I'm saying that based off of what we've seen from them in the past, what they've just done to this point that they've been continuing to do. Um, but that's no, that's not taking any, anything away from the Rangers. I'm a little bit torn, but I am leaning towards the Astros. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't blame you. I feel the same way where like, I don't want to doubt the, the, the Rangers, but at the end of the day, like you're facing the Astros who just are just a buzzsaw every year in the AL, right? It's like, even if they, even if they don't go out there and win the world series, because, you know, I mean, man, it could, it, it could easily be a Phillies Astros uh, world series again. And, and, you know, Phillies could easily win it or the Astros could win it again. I mean, it's, it could, it's just wild and it's going to get more wild. So Gabe, what do you think about this series overall? Who do you think comes out on top? Man, I, I wish I could be in Houston for the first two yeah. games of the LCS because I love Houston, Texas. And my first Astros game was actually against the Rangers. And I know those two fan bases hate one another. And you got a Rangers squad that's tried to build everything, in my opinion, in an image similar to how the Astros have done it. And there is no way in hell that I see the team that has become the big brother in the Astros in the Lone Star State trying to get whooped by the little brother. I think this would be a hell of a series. I don't think it'll be a sweep. I could see it going five, but even if it does, I think it'll be a hell of a series. But I'm going with the Astros at six. I just think they have too much. But if you're a a fan that likes offense, this is your series. Because you got the two best in the American League going toe-to-toe against one another. But I just think at the end of the day, the Astros have two greater – a pitching staff from top to bottom. And if Texas gets into any one of these games trailing in the seventh inning or later, when you know Dusty's going to go to Hector Neris in the seventh, Brian Abreu in the eighth, and Ryan Presley to close things out in the ninth, 
you're pretty much in trouble because your offense is going to have to win this series for you. But, man, um, this is going to be a fun series, and I know the Lone Star State is going to be buzzing in uh, Texas. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Monday's going to be crazy because you got both. Um, of course, the ALCS kicks off on Sunday, but the uh, the ALCS and NLCS uh, doubleheaders on Monday. So that's going to be um, a crazy day for baseball. Because and, and that Texas traffic, woo! That that I that I ten, I already know, man. Like <laughs> I I love Houston, Texas. A lot of people don't know this about me, but like that's my that's one of my favorite cities in America, my favorite city in the South. So and Dallas Fort Worth is nice too, but like Houston. That traffic, like around, around rush hour, it's a lot of people gonna be calling off work. I can tell you that on both in both cities. Yeah, I always hear that. Honestly, I, I always hear that Houston's underrated. Like people don't talk about Houston enough, and it's Dude. still a growing city. It's still growing. I mean, Texas. You know, people talk smack about Texas, but I think it's also like, you know, it's it's very uh, generic statements that have nothing to do with like some of the best because they have some of the best cities that are growing, like Austin. Houston, yeah. like Dallas is great. Like, yeah. you know, shout out to shout out to our boy Kyle Means out there in Dallas, you know, yep. uh the boss man. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's like it, it's I think it's people give it a little bit too much, too much hit on there. But yeah, dude, this series is gonna be is gonna be crazy and it's gonna be fun to see all in all Texas uh uh you know series and you know, just the fact that these two series are very they're they're very different from each other. I think that's the best part about it because it, I think People might sit here and easily say the Rangers, you know, and Astros won, and I'll say it myself that it looks better on paper. But like I said, Diamondbacks are going to put up a fight, and I think that's what's going to make that NLCS a little closer than I think a lot of people uh, think. So um, hopefully, they're two good series um, because I mean this this postseason has really kind of like has gone upwards, you know, and, and it continues to go, and I hope it continues to keep going upwards and more with more excitement and all that. But I think that's a good place to end things for this edition of the At Bad Podcast. Uh, I want to thank Gabe Wilkins, who, of course, like you said, you can check out his State of the Gabe podcast available exclusively on Spotify, as well as Miles Porter. Thank you for joining me, man, and appreciate everyone watching. For Saul Rodriguez, this was the Abad Podcast. Everyone enjoy the postseason.